Good morning, Glad Tidings Church. Good morning, Glad Tidings Church. All right, I'm happy to be here. Are you? Yeah, man, you guys are more awake than at 8 o'clock. But they were awake, let me tell you. God did some awesome things, amazing things in that service. Well, um, as you are giving of the Lord's tithes and offerings, say this with me, three more. Say it louder. Three more. Yes, three more days. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? We are in our 21-day fast, and we have three more days. And the reason why we're fasting, guys, is not to get God's attention, but to give him our attention. So I encourage you, perhaps you have been too busy, perhaps you forgot about it, perhaps it's like, that's too hard. Three days, you can do it. You can do anything for three days. So give up something. For some of us dudes, it's food, I tell you. It's food and football. Football and food. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, let's not get started. But um, Pastor Walt's uh, daughter, and she said, Pastor Rafael, I must, you, you must be having a real struggle with this. I say, I am. Three more days. All right. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm glad that you're here with us this morning, um, amazed with what God is doing. Uh, Pastor Walt has taken us through some verses in, in Revelation chapter 3 regarding the church in Laodicea. And it's been amazing. I don't know about you, but he has dug up some gold and really display the essence and the meaning of that passage so well. You know, the first week he talked about how Laodicea... It's a city that did not, does not have their own water, their own source of water. And how Jesus said, you are, you are neither hot nor cold, and I would rather that you be either one of those. But because you're lukewarm, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. And he posed a question, you know, why would Jesus want us either hot or cold when he just wants us to be hot? And he Talk to us about the fact that the church of Laodicea, the city of Laodicea, did not have their own source of water, but they had to receive water from two neighboring cities, one which had hot springs and the other one had very cold water. And by the time it got, it, it got to, the, to the city of Laodicea, it was warm and it made you want to vomit. So Jesus was specifically speaking to them about something they, very, they understood very well and Pastor said that the fact is that Laodicea was living on borrowed water. And Jesus is our water. He is the water that when we drink, we never thirst again. So that was amazing. And then last week, he talked about the, the one thing that, that Laodicea was, was very proud. And he talked about the insanity of pride in the church of Laodicea. And he talked about the fact that they have experienced two earthquakes. And we know that there's some earthquakes going on now in, in our world and um, encourage you to be praying for those for those people. Um, no, it's far removed for some of you, but but there are people hurting and they need to experience the, the love of God in a tremendous way. So they have experienced two uh, earthquakes. And in the second time, the emperor offer the help. They said, we want to help you. And they said, no, this is what they said. And Jesus said the same thing. He says, we 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 are rich. We have need of nothing. And Jesus used those same words against them, so to speak, to challenge them, to help them see where they were really at. And he says, you say, I am rich. I have need for nothing. He said, but you are poor, you're blind, and you're naked, which is the three things that they thought they, they were doing really good at. 
right? Because they were a very affluent city. You know, they were, they were a place where banking took place. People from all over the place were coming. And then they have this ISAF that people will go and pay money to actually receive that and be healed from bl- blindness and all the issues they had with their eyes. And also the very expensive wool. You know, some of you ladies know what I'm talking about. Louis Vuitton kind of stuff, you know. And, yeah, you don't laugh very loud, but I know. And so... You know, they come from everywhere to be dressed very nicely. And Jesus addressed those very same things that they were so proud of. And today we're going to finish our series on on Revelation chapter 3. So if you would, let's go to Revelation 3, 20. We're going to finish with the last three verses, 20, 21, and 22. I'll be reading out of the New King James Version today. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, O God, for what you have been saying to us. Thank you. That you have been ministering to us, oh God, and that you have been challenging every single one of us. God, I pray right now for every person under the sound of my voice. I pray that their ears may be open to hear what your spirit is saying specifically to them. I pray that their hearts, oh God, will be hearts of flesh and not of stone. I pray that you may be able to shape their hearts, oh God, that we will allow you to move our hearts towards you, towards your presence, oh God. I pray that you use this feeble vessel, oh Lord, a vessel of clay, oh Lord, for from dust I was created and I pray that you will hide me behind the blood of Christ that you will hide me behind the cross of Calvary and that you will do what only you can do in this place let it not be my words oh God but your words I pray that you pierce every person here with your word oh God and that your word would accomplish that which you have sent it forth to do in Jesus name and everybody say amen thank you Lord well, many people, and you guys have heard this already a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Wall said this, but many people use Revelation 3.20 as a salvation uh, passage for evangelism, to talk to the law, saying something like this. You know, the scripture says here that if you, if, if when Jesus knocks on your heart, if you open up your heart to him and you receive him, then Jesus will come in and dine with you. But let me tell you that that is we're missing the essence of what this passage talks about. This passage is not for unbelievers. Jesus was addressing the church of Laodicea. And this church understood specifically every single thing that Jesus said here. They understood it. So this passage is for believers. This is for us. And, uh, you know, this is this is many times we we have the scripture gives us uh, scripture plain scripture or the scripture defines scripture, meaning that you may have a passage of scripture that you're reading and somewhere else, another complete different text written by somebody completely different brings insight and it brings truth and further understanding into a text that we're reading. So we're going to do that this morning. And I sense that Holy Spirit wants us to really pay attention to some things that are going on in the book of Luke. So go with me, if you will, to Luke chapter 12, beginning of verse 35. That's where we're going to camp there for a, for a few minutes. Luke 12, 35 through 37. Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. And you yourselves be like men who wait for their master. When he will return from, from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they will open to him immediately. 
Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. As surely I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. The one standing at the door is the master and the servants are waiting for the master to return. Let me paint this picture. So the master goes away. Doesn't say for how long, but the master goes away and he has left some servants in charge of the house. Now, here's the kicker. He leaves and he does not tell them when he will come back. The master does not say when he's coming back. And we see that in Luke chapter 12 in verse 40. Uh, Jesus is saying, you also must be ready all the time for the son of man, meaning him, himself, Jesus, will come when least expected. He will come when least expected. There are two things here. Two things in, in this passage in Luke chapter 12 that I really sense that Holy Spirit is, is, wants us to pay attention to. The first one we'll find in verse 35 where it says, let your waist be girded. Let your waist be girded. King James Version says, gird up your loins. Okay? And what in the world does that mean? We may have no understanding what that means. Well, you know, the word uh, gird literally means to prepare oneself for action. That's what the word geared means. Um, now, due to the long outer garments that men wore in those times, they had to do something in order to be able to work and move about and even fight to prepare themselves for motion, for movement. They used to have to grab their garments and kind of wrap them around and put them either on, the, on their waist, on their belt, or tie them around themselves. And we have a picture that we want to show you in order to be able to, for you to get a picture of this, Right? So you see the guys on the, on the top left, you see him, that's his garment, that he has to bring it up, bring it forward, then behind himself, and then tie him around. And then he was ready for battle, ready for action. So that gives us a picture and an understanding of what the text is talking about, saying, gird up your loin, or have your, have your um, waist be girded. Now, take the picture down, please, because I see everybody's paying attention to the picture, and not to me. Which I would have been, I would have been doing the exact same thing. You know, if you're like Pastor Jason, he mentioned this week and said, oh man, I wish I had legs like that guy. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, who in the world has those kind of thoughts? Only Jason. Anyway. I, I do promise he is saved. Holy Spirit has confirmed that. Anyway, so there's work to be done. We all have to be about our Father's business but see this is about getting yourself ready for action ready for movement see there's a i was having a conversation with my dear brother uh, bobby clark yesterday and the converse we didn't even talk about my message but the conversation came up about being ready and the title of, of my message is are you ready and we were talking about how him and his wife tony have been asking this question to family and friends in light of everything that's going on around the world, we see, uh, you know, earthquakes, hurricanes, people dying, you know, nation against nation and all the stuff that's going on. So he was having this conversation asking family members and, and friends, are you ready? And then he told me a story about when he was in the armed forces, how no matter where he was, what time it was, if the phone rang and they told him you have 30 minutes to report to your squadron, you have to be on the move. 
You have to be on the move. You can't second guess it. And you can't be like, oh, I need more time, 30 minutes. I don't have enough time. No, when they call you, when you receive that call, you have to be ready to go. Ready to go. Why? Because you may have to be flying all the way to Afghanistan and taking care of some soldiers that were blown up and then you got to get them prepared in the midst of battle, bring them back to Texas to a burn unit. So he said, you know what? He said something that just stuck with me. He said, it could have been two o'clock in the morning or I could have had some good plans, but I had to drop everything and anything for the sake of the mission. For the sake of the mission. You and I are on a mission. God has given us a mission as servants that has remained in the house. And we have a mission and we have to be ready. We have to be ready. You know, I have a, there's another, another friend here from the church. And, and this brother, I'm not going to disclose his name because some of you might think that's super weird. I don't think it's weird. I think it's awesome. But some of you might be like, oh, he kind of weird. Perhaps you are weird. But anyway, what he does is in his cubicle at work, he has a drawer that has a Bible that has instructions on any, everything that a person needs to do with a rapture happen. Would he be taken away with Jesus and then a person comes in there's like, what happened to this guy? And oh, what is this? He's ready. He's ready. He's like, I don't know when it's going to happen. It can happen when I'm at home. It can happen when I'm driving. It can happen when I'm at work. And I want people to know he's ready. And you may see that as, oh, that's kind of foolish. Like, you know, but he's ready. He's making sure every area is taken care of. I think that's awesome. So at the time of our master's return, this passage gives us a picture that we have to be ready. So we have to be ready in the natural, but so much more important to be spiritually ready, spiritually ready. See, when the master comes back, nothing that keeps us from running to the door can be there see i have to be able to just so the door come on in nothing can hinder me from being able to do that nothing listen to me so the things that get in the way that would trip you up on the way there because guess what happens you can't move that quick if you have stuff all between your legs if you have stuff all in, around your feet that will hinder you from being able to swiftly, immediately, as the word says, as we just read, being able to answer that door. Immediately. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 tells us a little bit about it. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us. And the sin that so easily entangles everything that hinders us. And the thing that so easily entangles us, everything, 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 everything that say everything with me, say it like you really mean it. Everything. There you go. That means that some of the stuff may be good stuff, but it's getting in the way. Do you understand? It may be stuff that it's okay. It's fine to do. It's great to do that. Jesus himself perhaps gave you for you and I to enjoy but it's getting in the way. And guess what? If it's getting in the way, I got to throw it off. That's what this 21 days have helped me, baby. Because there's stuff that is just getting in the way and we got to throw it off. And the sin that so easily entangles. Let me ask you two questions. What is getting in the way? What is hindering you? And what sin are you entangled in? We're going to give you an opportunity later in the service. 
And I don't want you to be all puffed up like the Laodicea church. Because we already talked about prior last week. Pastor, oh, this fantastic job taking care of that one. But you're going to have an opportunity to respond and making sure that there's nothing that is hindering you. We have to be ready. We have to be ready. The one interesting thing was that he did not provide a time when he was returning, the master. But he gave us an idea. You know, in Luke 12, 38, he says it will be coming perhaps in the second watch or the third watch. You know what that means? That means that the second watch is right before midnight and the third watch is right after midnight. You know what that tells me? That is going to be very inconvenient for me. That is going to be when I'm supposed to be sleeping. Ain't going to show up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Because the master is coming home. He is looking for the servants that have stayed awake. So the first thing is let your ways be girded. Right? Be ready. The second thing that we bring that have crucial significance in both Luke 12 and in, and in Revelation chapter 3 is the following. So verse 35 of Luke 12 says, let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. Your lamps burning. This is very, very significant. Because as Jesus stands at the door and knocks, and you pre have prepared yourself and you're ready to run to that door, guess what? It's dark. It's dark. And we need to make sure the lamps are burning. Oil in the lamps. Why do I say that? You know, the lamps that you and I are familiar with, you just go there, you flip a switch, or you press a button, or you turn a knob, and voila, there's light. The lamps that we're talking about here in the scriptures, the lamp that Jesus was referring to, needed oil to work. He needed oil. And I'm going to show you a picture of that, what they look like. So, back in those days, the lamps were made out of clay, uh, for the most part. And you see here, it has two holes. The, the larger hole you pour the oil into, and, the, and then you run a wick from the smaller hole all the way inside. And I'm going to show you what happens then when you have the oil on the wick, and then it's lit up. So this is a lamp. That's a lamp. So why is this significant? So you're going to ask me, why is this important? Ask me. Good, you guys are engaged. That's awesome. Some of you are single, but I pray in Jesus' name that you find a mate. That loves Jesus. So you may be getting engaged. Um, that was from the Holy Spirit, by the way. I didn't even have that on my notes. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to do this. I'm serious. Stand up if you're single. The Lord says so. Some of you are too young to be one for a mate. But this is what we're going to do. If you're, if you're still young, it doesn't matter. Stay up. Stay up here. Stay up. Stay up. Engage. doesn't matter. All right. See, your number one focus has to be Jesus. Can we say Jesus? Jesus? Number one focus. Number one, number one, number one. It wasn't until I gave the Lord, the, my life to the Lord and focused on him that he gave me the, the most precious possession that I have on this earth, my wife. Now, that's clear. Now, the second thing, you have to pray. He answers prayer. The Bible says he wants to give you the desires of your heart. Now, if you don't want to have a mate and be married, sit down. 
Thank you, thank you. And that was from the Spirit too. I'm not that wise. Like, I don't really know. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now, Father, in Jesus' name, look at your people. Father, I pray for those young ones first, the ones that are young and that may desire in the future to have a mate. I pray, Father, that you prepare their hearts for marriage. I pray, oh God, that you begin to prepare that person in their lives that will be their mate, Lord God. Father, may they love Jesus. May their future mates love Jesus more than they even love Jesus. That may be infectious. They may be contagious, oh God. Father, I pray for the rest, for the older folks, oh God. I pray, Father, that they will not settle. I pray that they will not look at somebody and say, well, she or he kind of sort of likes Jesus and perhaps has gone to church. I pray, oh God, that they will be very selective. And I pray that you put that person in their path, oh God, that when they see them, they know this is the one that God has sent my way. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Sit down. So, why is this important? It's very, very important, the oil in the lamp. Because, as many of you know, oil is widely understood in the scriptures as a symbol of Holy Spirit. Let me show you real quick just one of the scriptures to make this connection, this, this link between Holy Spirit and, and oil. Luke 4 Verse 18, the spirit of the living, the the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. The spirit of the Lord and the anointing oil, the oil of anointing are directly connected in this passage. So you see, when we anoint you with oil, when you come up, it's not because we want to be weird. It's because of a symbol of the spirit of God. The kings were anointed. You know, Jesus was anointed. By the spirit. And when you see that anointing, the oil is a representation, a physical representation of the spirit of the living God. So as we think, going back to to Luke 12, you know, make sure that your lamp is burning. Make sure that your lamp is full of oil. Make sure that your lamp is full of oil. So the oil is the spirit of God and the lamp is you and I. Has your lamp run dry? Do you need fresh oil? Well, he's ready to do that. Jesus said in John 14, 17, just to give you some some biblical context into why you are the, the lamp and the Holy Spirit, the oil. John 14, 17, for he, Holy Spirit, dwells with you and will be in you. Also in Matthew 5, 14, you are the light of the world. So see. We as lamps, we must emanate the light of Jesus to a dying world by the power of the Holy Spirit. We'll say that again. It, it, you and I as lamps, we have to emanate the light of Jesus. We are the light of the world, right? We have to emanate the light of Jesus because he is the true light of the world. But we have to do that by being filled with the Spirit. So we do that by the power of the Spirit of God inside of us when we're full of oil. All right. Listen, it's uh, it's not enough to be ready to have your waist girded. It's not it's not enough. It's good. You got to make yourself ready to run to that door, but it's not enough because we must have our lamps burning. So you can't do one without the other. You have to make sure that the lamp is full of oil. 
All right, let's go back to Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, say, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door. I didn't need you to repeat that, but that's good. Some of you are such a rule followers. I love it. You know what this tells me? If anyone... That tells me that this is a great possibility that I may miss the knock at the door. If anyone hears my voice. But you know what is even more interesting to me? Is the fact that Jesus comes to the door, right? The master comes to the door and he does this. Now, I ask myself, why is Jesus asking me to hear his voice and not to hear for the knock on the door? And as I thought through that, as I pray through that, you know what? The reason why I believe that he's asking us to hear his voice and not the knock is because some of us may be way too busy inside the house to hear the knock. We may be way too busy getting stuff ready and doing stuff. Has ever, has this ever happened to you? You're in your, your home and you're vacuuming and stuff and somebody has at the door and you have no clue that they're there. They've been there for a while. And all the moms are like, yeah. And the dudes are like, what are you talking about, vacuum? Yeah, it's, it's this thing. Anyway, never mind. But that's the reason why. Because you may miss the knock on the door. You and I are just so doing stuff and so busy with everything else that's going on in the house. The master is coming. The master is coming. The master is coming. But if you're full of oil, if you have the spirit of the living God inside of you, that still, sweet, small, precious voice in you, you'll never miss. You will never miss. He will say, hey, Raphael, I'm at the door right now. That's why that's so, so important. You know, let me tell you a quick story. Um, you know, a couple of years back, we went with a with a group with a team to Walmart right down the street here, and um, and we were praying for people. And by the way, we do this every Thursday, every other Thursday here at Glad Tidings. The same thing. We just go out, pray for people, and there's another group that does a Saturday morning. So you could be part of that if you wish to do so. Um, so we went to Walmart. And we're there and we're praying and looking around. Okay, Lord, who will you have us pray with? And I'm all the way at the back of the store and I'm back there pacing back and forth and looking around. And all of a sudden, the Lord, I sense in me just this thought, right? How do you hear the voice of God? Just this thought come to my head and says, go to the bathroom. Uh, I don't have to go to the bathroom, so I keep on praying. So again, go to the bathroom. No, I don't think so. I don't think I'm going to the bathroom. I need to be praying. So I'm praying. Like, go to the bathroom right now. Like, okay, fine. I'll go to the bathroom. So I, I go all the way from the back of the store. You know how much inconvenience that is? All the way from the back to the front. There's a bunch of people. I go through the lines and get to the restroom. I'm like, okay, I'm here. So just go, I need, I need, go, go, go in and do your stuff. And I'm like, I don't, okay, fine. So I, I get there and, um, there's a guy standing next to me in another, in the other urinal and, the Lord says, uh, pray for him. <laughs> sure, sure. Like every guy in here knows exactly what I'm talking about. Dudes stay to themselves like, ooh. 
I'm like, no, no, we're not doing this. He said, pray for him. And again, he says, pray for him and let him know that I have not forgotten him. Oh, yeah. When you're in the situation, though, that's not that's not what I was thinking. Oh, Jesus is so sweet. I was like, this is not good. So we, I wait and I get done before him, of course, and I'm washing my hands and I'm washing my hands again. The guy comes on. He's there. And I notice he has a, a Husker jersey on. I say, hey, man. So who you, you like the Huskers? Yeah, yeah, that's my team. And I said, so who's whose number is that? He's like, I don't remember. My brother gave it to me. I forgot. And he threw a couple of names. I don't even remember the number, but it's irrelevant. So we're there. And all of a sudden I say, um, hey, man, uh, you know, the reason why I came to the bathroom uh, the Lord wants me to pray for you. And, and he just looked at me. And then I said, oh, and, and he said that he has not forgotten you. And this guy's face completely changes. And then I say, do you mind if I pray with you? Of course, outside of the restroom, like, can we step out? <laughs> and he says, uh, sure. So we step out. And I say, how can I pray for you? He says, my mother right now is, um, has a, a, a tumor, a brain tumor, and they have given a very, very limited time to live. He says, but my life has gone to the dumpster, basically. He says, um, and he starts crying. He says, I used to know Jesus when I was younger. He says, and I have told God, you have forgotten about me because I've gone through things over and over and over and things get worse and you have forgotten about me and i told him well guess what he has not because he pulled this dominican dude from the back of the store to come up here and go pee when i didn't have to just to talk to you so pray for him god was in the place and and just it was amazing so then that gets done and we're not done so i go back to the back of the store and when i get back there and i tell the team and we're rejoicing and whatever the lord says go to our three i said okay i'm ready because i know now you're up to something so i'm going to our three he says no back up go get one of the girls i said okay fine so i go i look at the victim okay there's dina galloway one of our small group leaders i said dina come on let's go you gotta go with me where are we going i said our three so we got there and then there's a so we get there. There's nobody there. It's like the chips aisle or something at the time. But so we're there and nobody there. And then the, here walks this young man, kind of gothic looking, you know, with the, all the black and the eye shadow and all that stuff. That's ah, surely is him. And the Lord says, nope, not him. Just let him grab his chips and go on his way. So I'm like, OK, fine. So then nobody else is coming. And I'm here looking at the chips and praying and and over here and. And I have a sense that it was going to be a woman coming because because I told uh, Dina had the same thing. Like, is this, is it this guy? I'm not like, no, I have a sense that it's a woman. And so then she taps me on the shoulder. He said, hey, hey, Raphael. I said, yeah. I said, turn around. And I turn around. There's this guy walking down the aisle with a Husker jersey on and it has a big number three. And I'm like, aisle three, jersey number three. This is prophetic. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know. So that's like double confirmation. So then we go and, and I, I come up to her and I say, hey, how you doing, ma'am? She's like, good, good. And I say, um, we just here, you know, you just praying for people. How can I pray for you? She starts crying, <laughs> making a mess. And I'm like, whoa, I was like, what happened? She's like, are you the guy that just prayed for my husband outside of the restroom? Wow. I say, yes, ma'am. I was. And we're here. And she's like, you don't understand. And she starts telling me everything that they've been through and, and what situation. She's like, we don't, we don't even live in Omaha right now. 
And she's, and I said, well, God is just singling you guys out. And so we prayed for her. It, it was amazing. He comes over. So it was a great time. Why do I tell you that? Why do I tell you this? It's because I understand that this book right here is precious. It is the word of God. And we need to read it. You need to get an understanding of what God says about you and about me, about this world and about our mission. We need to read this book. And God speaks to me through it. But you know what? Do not, please do not dismiss the fact that God's speaking to you here and now. And that he wants to do things in the now by speaking to you through the voice of his Holy Spirit. Do not miss that. Because it's very, very, it's mission critical. It's mission critical. So in order to be, to open the door, we must be servants who are awake. We must be servants who are ready. And we must be servants who listen to his voice. You know, Luke, Luke 12, 37 says the servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. And I'll tell you the truth. He himself would sit down with them, put on an apron, serve them and sit and eat with them. That's a direct correlation to the Revelation 3.20 when he says, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. You know, Pastor Wall talked about this. The fact that 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 meal was the meal where you linger. Okay, that was the meal when you get to linger. But something amazing happens here and do not miss this in verse 31 of verse uh, verse 21 of Revelation 3 says, To him who overcomes, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. You see, it is through communion with Jesus, with that lingering time with Jesus, that we become overcomers. Spending that time with him, we become overcomers. And this is something great that happens, something amazing that happens as we open the door and Jesus comes in. The dining room turns into the throne room. The dining room where you have been lingering and having communion with Jesus turns to the throne room. Turns into the place where all authority and all power is yours and is mine. Please stand. some of you in here that this message makes no sense because it shouldn't make sense to you it shouldn't why because you're not a servant of Jesus Jesus is not your master you are your own master I was there once And today you have an opportunity not only to make Jesus your master, but also to be filled with the spirit to make yourself ready for the return of the master. So if that's you today, putting all your pride aside, putting aside everything you think you know about God, I ask you to lift up your hand and say, here it is, Raphael. I want to be a servant of Jesus. I want Jesus to be my master. And perhaps that word, thank you, sir. I see your hand. 
Anybody else? Yep, I see your hand. Perhaps that word servant makes you very, very uncomfortable. I see you way, way back there, and you perhaps think I can't see you, but I see your hand. Perhaps that word servant makes you very uncomfortable. Jesus came as a servant. Son of God came not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. He gave his life for you. So today, if you want to make Jesus your master, I'm going to ask you boldly. And this means to to give your life to him. So we don't confuse because I'm going to be calling several of you up here. And if that's you and you want to give your life to Jesus for the first time, perhaps rededicating it because you did it long, long ago and you have walked away from him. Make your way to this altar. I want to pray with you. Make your way to this altar. Don't let anything hold you back. You serve from way back there. If you mean it, you make your way down here. I'll wait. Okay, perhaps not. Praise God. servants inside the house are the ones that get to open the door and you guys were outside of the door all of you are outside of the door but now you have taken a step to enter into that door to be partakers with the rest of us of what God wants to do can we pray real fast just repeat after me Jesus I thank you that you died for me. I thank you and I receive you. I give you my life for the rest of my life. Fill me with your spirit. I want to serve you for the rest of my life. Jesus, you are my master this day forward. Amen. Father, I pray for them. I pray that you will touch their lives. I pray that they will not waver. I pray, oh God, that this will not be a physical experience, but a supernatural thing as you did with me, as you did with so many in this room. Oh God, may they be transformed from the inside out. Jesus' name. I'm going to ask someone at all to work us to come and pray with them. If you guys will linger for just a moment, I'm going to have someone pray with you and talk to you. Now, the rest of us in here.
I know it's getting late, but do not disconnect. The rest of us in here, see, there's some of you in here, and I know, I know, I know, because I've been there. There's some of you in here that are in the house. Now, you guys are servants, that Jesus is your master. But guess what? You're not ready. You're not ready. You, ha- you have not girded up your loins. You are not ready to make that dash towards the doors. You're not, you're not ready. So right now, as it's taking a step of faith, Make your way to this altar and say, you know what, Jesus, I will make myself ready. Help me because I need your help, Holy Spirit. I need your help to make myself ready. Make me ready. I want to be ready. So you have taken the step that these right here took. That first step, Jesus, you're my master. Now is Jesus, make me ready. Now the next step is perhaps you feel like you're ready. Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm laboring in the house. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But my lamp is empty. I'm operating with an empty lamp. There's no oil in my lamp. Jesus, fill my lamp with oil. Fill me. Pour out your spirit upon me. If that's you and you want to receive the baptism of the spirit of God, Make your way to this altar as well. Make your way to this altar. Ask him and he will answer. Ask him and he will answer. He's a good father. He wants to get good gifts. And I have not received a better gift than the spirit of the living God in my life. So if your lamp is empty. And it needs oil. Let the one that's able to fill it. Fill it. It's also a group of you. And I felt this very strongly this morning. This was not even part of my message. But verse 22 says, He who has ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. There's some of you that are ready, that have received the Spirit of God, that are lamps filled with oil. But the Lord wants you to receive the gift of prophecy. The Lord wants you to receive the gift of prophecy. Paul talked to the church in Corinth and he said, but he who, prof- who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to man. He who speaks in tongue edify- edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesy. And if you desire this gift of prophecy, make your way up here. Ask the Lord, say, you know what, Lord? I've been, I know there is more. I want to receive more. There is so much more. I'm filled with the Spirit of God. I speak in tongues. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But I want to receive the, the gift of prophecy so I may edify the church. So I may edify those around, around me. So I can encourage those around me. So I can be an encouragement to others. Father, right now, look at your people. Father, look at your people, oh God. They have come to this altar filled with expectation. Filled with expectation. I pray, oh God, that it will be an uninterrupted flow from heaven to earth right now. I pray that the oil of anointing will be flowing, oh God, from your throne right now. I pray that it will touch, touch every person under the sound of my voice. I pray, oh God, that your spirit will minister to your people. Uh, they have come with, eye, with arms wide open and granting you freedom to do as you please in their lives. Oh God, we trust you. We trust you. In Jesus' name. I understand that some of you may need to leave, and that's fine. Do that quietly. You know, if you want to continue to linger with us and, and praise God and 
and talk to him and receive what he has for you. You may stick around. Have a great week in the Lord. God bless you.